Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, this is Jay Papazan, co-author of The One Thing. Hey, this is Cole Hatter from AttendThrive.com. Hey, this is Dan Fleischman, the youngest founder of a public company in history. And if you want to learn how to build relationships the right way, and if you want to learn how to make your relationships matter, and if you want to learn the skill of adding value to others, you should be listening to the Build Your Network podcast. Build Your Network podcast. The Build Your Network podcast with my good friend, Travis Chappell. Travis Chappell. Travis Chappell. Welcome back to the show. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know. If you agree, then keep on listening for tips on how to cultivate meaningful connections the right way. If you disagree, then tune in anyway to let me prove you wrong with my journey. My name is Travis Chapel, and this is the Build Your Network Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode in the series, Top Networking Tips. This is part number 11 with Jay Papazan, Cole Hatter, and Dan Fleischman. Jay Papazan is the co-author of The One Thing, along with Gary Keller, as well as the co-author of The Millionaire Real Estate Agent and The Millionaire Real Estate Investor, and he's the VP of Keller Williams Realty. Cole Hatter is a prolific real estate investor himself, and he's also the founder of Thrive Make Money Matter, which is an event that I talk about pretty frequently coming up again in June. And I'm also in Cole's Mastermind as well. And then Dan Fleischman, he was the youngest founder of a publicly traded company in history and uh, has quite a well-rounded network of people. And really every single person that's on this episode has a very well-rounded network. 
So I'm really, really excited to get into all of that with you guys. But before we do, I'm happy to announce the beginning of my new mastermind, Build Your Network Dynasty. Trust me, this is going to be a huge movement. If you've ever gotten the slightest bit of value from any of the conversations I've had with the rock stars on this show, and if you've ever wanted to be a part of a family that's set apart from the rest, I beg you to go to buildyournetwork.co slash dynasty to apply to be a part of this movement. It isn't just a mastermind. It is a dynasty. This is the most affordable product I've ever put out there. So there are already tons of people taking advantage of it. And I want you to come in and be a part of that. So stop hesitating, take action, invest into yourself and be a part of the dynasty. Head over to buildyournetwork.co slash dynasty to apply and I'll see you on the inside. And now here's the top networking tips, part 11 with Jay Papazan, Cole Hatter and Dan Fleischman. If there was one tip that you had centered around networking. What would that one tip be? I think be purposeful, be systematic. Okay. About when the one thing came out, I remember my, you know, I was building a business. My wife had a business. I had partnerships in two or three others. And I asked, what's the one thing I can do for all of these businesses? Hmm. And having written a book, that opens a lot of doors. I had people knocking on my door. And with my coach, we just said, you need to be purposeful about networking. Because you can introduce talent into these businesses. You can introduce business opportunities. You don't have to be the lead salesperson, but you can be kind of an ambassador for Mm. all the businesses that you're part of. And so under his challenge, because meeting strangers is not my idea of a good time, (laughs) I told him that sometimes I like meeting people for coffee. Okay. And so we agreed that every Wednesday was when I set it up. Wednesday mornings, I would meet a stranger that someone else had said was really talented for coffee. Mm. And... No agenda, just show up, learn about them, kind of like an interview, right? Tell me about yourself. I hear you're a great designer, no agenda. And they got added to my database. Hmm. And so if I added 50 people that were talented to my database, like what would that do for the future of our businesses? That was what we did. So the first year I did exactly 50 and quit. (laughs) And I was like relieved. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's done. Check it off my list. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And it was still very uncomfortable. And I was going on LinkedIn to try to find friends of friends. And it was hard work. Mm -hmm. The second year, I think I did 79 or 80. Okay. Because some of the people I'd met the year before said, hey, you should meet my friend. Got this buddy. Yeah. Right. And it started to kind of build its own momentum. And I looked because I knew we'd probably talk about this. So from 2013 to this year, I've averaged about 85 people. So it's about 85 new relationships. And I mean, granted, sometimes I just show up and I find out I'm talking to a salesperson who mm-hmm. has no interest in knowing me and just wants to sell me crap. Right, of course. But a certain percentage of them are awesome. And there are people that I want to stay in touch with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's been kind of my very, my wife's a salesperson. The idea of okay. only having to meet one new person a week is ridiculous <laughs> to her. But as an introvert, it's like, well, I've also made that a commitment. Like right. I, I know that I can, that small domino, I can consistently knock over without fail. And I actually do better than that. Mm. But that's almost 500 people now. Right, right. And that's a much more powerful database. And it naturally evolves. So if I was going to say like reverse engineer for people, it started when I did something that was a little out of the ordinary. Mm. So do anything. Start a podcast, right? I mean, the moment you say you have a podcast, most business people are flattered to be called. Mm -hmm. doesn't matter if you have an audience or not. People will say yes. It gives you a reason to ask. So figure out something that's somewhat unique, that's a win for them, and that becomes your door opener. Right. Make a commitment to getting face-to-face with people. If that's what, I mean, for me, it was face-to-face. I think that's really rich. I'm comfortable doing this. I Mm -hmm. feel more extroverted focusing on one person. Right, right. I can fake it with a large group, but then I 
fall apart. <laughs> Those people started inviting more people. And at a certain point, like I only have so many mornings, I'm willing to actually go pay for coffee. Mm-hmm. And then you end up naturally like saying, well, you know what? I should probably plan a happy hour. Mm. or there's this educational event, like a goal-setting right. retreat or whatever, and then you start inviting everybody you've met to those things so you can see a bunch of people at one time. i got a meetup that's coming up. Right, right. so like mm-hmm. it, it naturally evolved, and mm. last year about, I guess, 14 months ago, my coach said, so great, you got all these people in your database, you're seeing them kind of regularly, what are you doing to follow up with them? Hmm. Didn't Nothing. have an answer. <laughs> Nothing, <laughs> because most of them were more extroverted than me. They followed up with me. They dropped me a line. Hey, hmm. what are you up to? Whatever. So right. I was definitely coasting. Mm-hmm. And so, again, we came up with a plan and agreed that I would just write a monthly newsletter. Hmm. Super personal, not professional, not salesy. And that was very uncomfortable for me in the beginning, mm-hmm. even though I'm a writer. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. I just call it what I'm up to. It's usually five or six bullet points, real short and sweet. And it's had really unexpected gifts. Like, first off, like in terms of a newsletter, it gets about a 47% open rate. Wow. And I don't, no one, I don't know when anybody unsubscribes. Wow. So of the 450 or so people that I've asked permission to be on that newsletter, Mm -hmm. there's about 375 still on there. So some people said, hey, I don't want to stay in touch. And I'm fine with that. Mm -hmm. But it's now become this place where if I have something really important, I can share it. Right. And the unexpected gift, because I'm a goal setter, and I'm always thinking about five years, whatever, I tend to live a lot of my present in the future. Hmm. And that's my orientation. Yeah, right. And what was really great about this is it forced me, I get to the end of the month, and it's called what I'm up to. It's just, what did I do to the last month? I actually have to reflect back on what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's been really rewarding because I've never been a journaler. I've never done anything like that. So it's okay. effectively become like a, a journal on a monthly. monthly journal, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's helped me, like I've got, old college buddies, like my old roommate from France that it's now right, almost every month he'll reply back and share something back. And it's definitely helped me stay connected. Yeah. yeah. So I guess it started with just being purposeful and it kind of naturally evolved. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how many jobs I've filled through that, knowing that that group of people I could reach out to and say, hey, we have a marketing director position open. Mm-hmm. Do you know anybody? Right. That group of people has been very rewarding for us, even though I just kind of built it just because out of obligation. If I'm right. a business person, I need to network. Right. I know that. It's just not going to happen naturally. Yeah, but you did it the right way, though. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a, a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine 
is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at Indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to Indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need hire, you need Indeed. The thing is, people want to, people want the well to be dug when they're thirsty, but they didn't do the work to dig the well, right? So they'll, they'll need a marketing director position filled. So then they just start going and to these networking events or they start having these lunches, but it's all with the agenda that you were saying you didn't have. Right. I mean, so if you come, there's always something it's trite, in the back of your but if mind. You're, you've, already, you've already built up some equity in that relationship, mm-hmm. you can make a withdrawal. It's like a bank account. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And you've made some donations. And I, I just, I'll credit my coach. Yeah. You know, that's been very important for me. Those, there are things that I'm not sure I would have done for myself that either my coach or my wife has pushed me out of my comfort zone. And I'm always grateful. Right. Which but, is also a form of networking. Yeah. That's one thing. I, so this is a question I'm going to ask you in a second. I ask everybody on the show. Sure. Is the who you know versus the what you know. And one thing that I don't think most people think about when I say who you know, they don't think of it in the mentorship type setting. They think of it in the deal striking type setting. Sure. Whereas for me, coming into this world in the last year, year and a half, it's all been the mentorship type mastermind settings. Like I'm just, I'm just a sponge. I just want to meet people and I want to learn from them and I want to see what they're up to. That's all it is. But having those connections has allowed me to do that at a rate that most people won't be able to do that. But a lot of people only think of it in terms of like, well, you shouldn't connect with Gary V unless you can strike a deal with Gary V and get him the New York Jets tomorrow. Like <laughs> that's, but you're thinking about it the wrong way. You're only thinking of it in terms of a financial return into your bank account, which is not what relationships are because people separate them, right? They're, they think like networking for business is over here, building friendships is over here. When in reality, it's really one big thing. Like you build friendships. Some of them might be just a friendship. Like maybe some of your high school friends. That's how it is for me. Mm-hmm. None of my high school friends really do any of the stuff that I do, but they're still my best friends. You know, whereas some of these other relationships that you curate, they're my friends, but now we do business together or we help each other out. We mastermind. They're, it's all one thing. And I think people get it. They compartmentalize a little bit too much. Yeah, but I can without, see that. Without going into that too deep, let me ask you this question. Ask every single guest that comes on the show, who you know? Or what you know, which one's more important? Does anybody say what? Yes. Knowing it's a networking yes. show, just, just to be contrary or because they have a reason? Sometimes they have a reason, yeah. It's funny you ask that because when I started the show, that was like the question that I had at the very beginning, yeah. just to like lob one up so they can knock it out of the park, you know? Yeah. But I started getting all these different various random answers, and it's been one of the most intriguing things to me because it's kind of been a staple of the show, and a lot of people come to hear what people have to say on that topic, but... I put who first. I do think there's a limit on that. Mm-hmm. When I looked at the people I was inviting to my network, mm-hmm. it wasn't because of who they knew. It was because of what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And so there are people whose what is networking. And mm-hmm. the reason you go to them is they're a master connector. Mm-hmm. But if I just have master connectors referring me to people who are referring me, that'll get old fast. <laughs> right. What right. I want is a, a short path to people who actually do things that are kind of remarkable. Right. That's what I consider a talent network. Hmm. I think that when you are in relationship with talent, talent tends to attract more talent. Mm-hmm. 
So you get Amanda Horvath, right? Because she's this great videographer, and I think she's talent, right? And mm-hmm. she's filming us right now, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm totally going to mess with her now. <laughs> and But you'd think, well, she probably hangs out with talented people. Mm-hmm. That's been my supposition. It proves to be true. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of what built into that. Yeah. Right. Very few people get to be talent purely on their networking skills, mm-hmm. and they end up in HR. Right. <laughs> so, like I said, yeah. like I'm willing to go through the who, and that's really great. And I look up, and I want to surround myself with people who are doing remarkable things and who share my values. Hmm. And that's the who I want around me. Right. And there is some what built into that. So, I don't know if that's too confusing. Yeah, no, I, I, it's a very thorough answer because that's basically what I believe. I think, I think that it's who you know for sure, hands down, but you have to be competent and you have to always be learning and growing because if you just know a bunch of people, but you never take the next step, then you're always just unimpressive, but everybody knows you. Like you're just the guy that kind of shows up to the event and says, what's up? And people give you a hug, but then when that's you your leave, one thing, you that's fine. I don't want to judge it. I mean, I yeah, think yeah. that's your one thing. I know some people who are that person and mm-hmm. you better believe the super connector. I definitely right. am. Yeah. I'm on the phone with them and they intend to be very entertaining, fun, great people to know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But there is totally. like a, depending on what your ultimate ambitions are, I do think there is a limit to how far you ride that. Right. I may be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but that, I think that's the biggest difference, though, is that when I ask that question, a lot of people don't think of it the mentorship capacity. They only think of it in, in terms of, hey, who can you do a deal with tomorrow type thing? And, and so yeah. a competence. That's transactional. Yeah, exactly. You're exactly. turning who's into what's. What mm-hmm. can they do for me? Mm-hmm. And that doesn't have a long shelf life. Correct. And Correct. those are not the people I You'll think. You'll always to find call short term success, with. but you're going to burn through people, burn through people, burn through people instead of having real, long lasting, valuable relationships with others. But your personal story is a fantastic example of how a mentorship type relationship fueled not even just your career, but your entire mindset. You like, like you were saying, just started investing in real estate, your money mindset, your wealth creation, everything that you've built stemmed from a bathroom conversation with Gary Keller, right? Yeah. That's pretty much where it all started. I didn't expect that when I got into it, Yeah, but he's really purposeful. And you know, there's a model from one of his classes called Quantum Leap. Mm-hmm. And it's, I call it no one succeeds alone, but it's, it's a model for looking very purposefully at your relationships. And it asks the question, do you have mentors in these important areas of your life, a spiritual mm-hmm. mentor, a health mentor, a business mentor, right? If it's like on page 114 of the book, we go through the seven circles. Mm-hmm. If it's that big, right, it's a big part of your life. Wouldn't it make sense to have a mentor or an advisor? Right. Somebody who's been there. With right. it? Yeah, they could give you real advice when you needed it because those are the areas that tend to matter most. Mm-hmm. And the other one, and this is where Gary's definitely fulfilled it, he talks about, do you know who you determine wealth for and who are your wealth determiners? Hmm. And it's a really different kind of question. This is more of a business, but like in some ways, I'm a wealth determiner for Gary Keller because before me, he didn't write books and together we've been writing books. I'm not saying he wouldn't have, but that's yeah. just the way it turned out. Mm-hmm. And that's increased his reach and therefore he sees that as a reciprocal relationship. Mm-hmm. If my work in connection with him is creating benefit for him, he sees it as an obligation backwards. Okay. And frankly, now that I've seen that relationship, I wouldn't determine wealth for anybody who didn't see it that way. Right. There are people who will just take, take, take and never share. And then there are people who see that as inherently something that's got to be shared. Right. Right. And I guess about four or five years now, we've taken that. And when we do our retreat, I ask my wife. Who are the five people who most determine our success? Hmm. And that's been a really interesting exercise to, you know, it's actually like eight people. You're supposed to do five. We always cheat. (laughs) But it'll be like, these are the people that those relationships actually matter on a business level a lot Hmm. more. So it might be your number one referrer. It might be your number one client. 
It might be an employee in your organization that you really rely on, but just being aware that some of those relationships matter at a higher level allows you to treat them differently. Yeah. But I was thinking mostly about like those areas in your life that really matter. Like, do you have a mentor? Do you have a coach? I mean, our physical trainer is our health coach. Mm -hmm. I know I always have someone I can ask, well, what should we do about our diet? What should we do about this? Mm. And that's there and it's present. And I can always ask those questions. Yeah. And the, I feel like there's so many excuses for a lot of people, but the biggest thing to remember is like if you're in this situation right now is and you can't afford to go hire seven different mentors, there's something really cool. It's called YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> and there's something really cool. They're called podcasts. And then there's a book like this, like mentorship and coaching and all that stuff has never, ever been as easily readily available. And I, I think the reason that you were in a position to be able to hire those people is because you were also doing those things when you were not able to hire those people. True. I, I can't. I, some book I read once called, you know, all of the authors that you never got to meet, you know, they're your dead mentors. Hmm. And they're waiting on a bookshelf for you to have a long conversation with them. And yeah. that stuck with me because yeah. there's that information is always accessible mm-hmm. and you can learn from their life and their journey. You know, if you want to read about Benjamin Franklin, there's probably like 10 amazing biographies you can mm-hmm. go read. Right. And you can have that conversation with someone who's done amazing things in the past. Right. Do you believe that what you know or who you know is more important and why? Perfect. So I literally say this every single time I'm on stage or podcast. I say neither. It's what you know with who you know that matters. I believe that so strongly. And so I have an amazing network. But if I didn't have any, like, so, I mean, let me pick somebody, Fan Merrill. So Fan Merrill is my real estate mentor. He and I have since gone into business together and I've had some of the funds that I've invested in. He's the principal founder of, right? And so mm-hmm. I know Fan Merrill, who is worth hundreds of millions, whose businesses generate hundreds of millions. You know, he's had his reality TV show. He's a big deal. The world of investors would love to know Fan Merrill. So number one, I know him. But then number two, I also know how to invest in real estate. Just knowing the guy, maybe it would be fun to pick his brain over some cocktails or something, but I'm not going to profit from that. And so Mm. number one, I have that relationship. But then number two, I actually know how to invest in real estate. You know, collaborating with that relationship, I've made the majority of my money in real estate investing directly because of my relationship with him since 2011 when we met. And I can go down the list of friends and colleagues I have. And so I think it's super important to do both. Having a impressive Rolodex isn't going to make you money. Likewise, sitting around and studying in your basement and knowing a lot about everything won't necessarily make you money. Or if it does, it won't make you money. It could have by having the right relationships. And so I think it's important to do both. I think that people don't have patience and try to force relationships. Relationships come. I became an entrepreneur in 2005. And I can't say that I had really fantastic relationships that, you know, directly because of those were providing insane opportunities for me, probably till 2012. Like the first seven years, it was just me and my dad grinding it out. And then all of a sudden, as I became more successful and started meeting more successful people, you know, when you make money, your network changes. It just happens that way. Right. And so then all of a sudden I started making relationships. So it's both. You got to have both. Yeah. We've talked about a lot of different stuff here. I do need to ask this question. We talked about it last time, but I have to ask it again. Who you know or what you know, which is more important? I don't know what I said last time, but I'm going to say both this time. So everyone says who you know or what you know. If I had to go with one or the other, I'd say who you know, Mm -hmm. because at least uh, you're in fellowship and you have friends versus being a know-it-all that's alone. But I mean, I can't tell you how many 
relationships I have that were only lucrative because I knew something and I had something to bring to it. Right. If I was friends with Gary V, but a total dumbass and knew nothing about anything. Right. Like who, what was he a, a guy I have drinks with on the weekends? Probably right. not. Cause he's always working. Right. right. So, right. but if I knew something about digital marketing or had something to bring to the table, then there's mm-hmm. a collaboration there. So if I had to go with one, I would say it's who, you know, however, I've never made money because I was friends with someone. Right. I always made money because I was friends with someone and knew something Mm -hmm. that we then collaborated on to be profitable. Yeah. Right. And I assume you're asking for business, right? Who you know versus what you know. Yeah. And really just like general life things. But I think that it's important to point out that there's somebody out there that's probably, and if you're listening right now, I'm talking to you, there's somebody out there that's probably making more money or in an opportunity that you would be better suited for, that your knowledge would be better suited for, that your skill set would be better suited for, and that you could just crush better than they're doing, but they have that opportunity because they knew the right people. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't really happen a lot the opposite way. So mm-hmm. that's why I always talk about like, like, yes, both are important. You have to be competent, right? You have to like do things well and work hard and improve yourself and always get better. But like you just said, if it's one of the two, if you have to pick one, the who is just always going to win out to me because it's always going to increase the what anyway. Totally. Not to throw, when you were talking about someone else doing it better, I don't know why I thought of Britney Spears. No offense. She can't even freaking sing. She's all like <laughs> auto-tuned or whatever, but she clearly knew the right person. I know so many friends personally that like they sing and it like does something to you. Mm-hmm. Like they have the best voice. A friend of mine, she sings, you get like freaking goosebumps. Yeah. And making her own records at home or like, what do you call them now? CDs at home mm-hmm. and like going to the beach and trying to hand them out to get found. Right. And no offense to Brittany. Here's this chick who even after they auto tone her and all that stuff in the studio still only sounds mediocre, right. but right. was marketable, had a following from Disney and is gorgeous. So she looks good on print and a team of marketers yeah. marketed Brittany. So shout out to Brittany, nothing but love, but she'll be the first to tell you she can't sing either. That's a good example yeah. of what yeah. you're talking about, of knowing the right people. Cause she's obviously it's crazy, man. It's um, crazy. I'll see those people like some, there's like a couple people I always think about. Like I, I remember this one guy who was playing guitar and singing in a hotel one time. I just like stopped and like listened to him for like three or four songs. It's like, this dude's incredible. Like he has such a crazy, powerful, like I would for sure like listen to your stuff, man. Like, yeah, for sure. But doesn't have the opportunities in front of him because he doesn't know that people. Wait until you see the girl who's singing at Thrive this year. Her name's Gabrielle. She's Canadian. Mm-hmm. Dude, she's so freaking gangster. Yeah. So you'll see. Awesome. And, and she's, awesome. she's going to do really well. So can you tell us, just pick out a story of a time that you met a guy who introduced you to another guy, to another guy, to another guy that led to like some sort of big moment of success for you? Yes. So the way I met my best friend, he was the founder of Marvel Studios. And we've been... Eight, I've never heard of Marvel What's that. <laughs> and it's been eight years now. And the way we first met is the guy that I met him through, we threw a charity poker tournament together Okay. on a cruise ship. And this was back in 2010. So I threw this charity poker tournament on this cruise ship and Bill Zarian and all the poker players went out there and it was a great event. And the guy I threw it with, we raised a bunch of money for the charity and he decided to introduce me to one of the members of his foundation, which was my best friend. Well, now my best friend, not time. That moment of me just helping him with his charity event because he needed, he needed somebody to run a charity poker tournament. Mm-hmm. That simple act that cost me nothing to do that favor for him led me to change my life. Wow. I'll give you another one. Also a charity poker tournament that changed my life in the biggest way possible. So last year, a woman came into my office and she needed advice on throwing a charity poker tournament that was coming up three weeks from then. 
And so my friend texts me, he's in the cryptocurrency space, and he was like, hey, I have this lady here. She's here to meet you. Can you give her some advice about her charity poker tournaments coming up in a few weeks? I said, sure. I go upstairs. I'm talking to her for like 15 minutes. And then she says the date and the buy-in was really expensive. I was like, wait a minute. Is that for Arnold Schwarzenegger's charity poker tournament? She's like, oh yeah, I'm the director of Arnold's charity for the last five years. I was like, wait, wait, wait. My girlfriend's favorite person in the world is Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm going to come to your event. I'm going to have him help me propose to her at your charity event. Because that's at Arnold's house. No way. So she starts crying. I start crying. Everybody's crying. And like they all <laughs> get all excited about this idea that I'm going to propose. So she came to me for advice. Yeah. I gave her this advice. Three weeks later, I'm on my knee. And Arnold Schwarzenegger is handing my girl the ring. Wow. All from a moment of giving my free advice to somebody. She could have been running Joe Schmo's charity poker. Right. right. And I was still would have done the same 15 minutes of giving her stuff. Mm-hmm. So that brings me to this question that I really want to ask you. You've built relationships, obviously, with a bunch of, I mean, A-list celebrities, top entrepreneurial influencers, athletes, list goes on and on. So what is the number one most important practice that has allowed you to build a network of that capacity? So I really, really, really rarely ask them for anything. I provide them stuff. And what I provide them is things that they can't buy. Because all the people you just mentioned are rich. Mm -hmm. And they can buy whatever they want. But they can't buy access. And they can't buy cool and they can't buy information. So what I do is I throw my monthly events, obviously the elevator nights, and I throw charity events, and I send them articles or things that are relevant to them, or I send them things that will make them think about me, that I'm the one that brought it to them. Hmm. So somebody's directing a movie, or somebody's an athlete, and they want to meet this company or this project, or they don't know that they want to meet it. Let's say you're an athlete, and I invested into some company that helps with knees, and it's like a cooling pad, for example, I sit there and text 32 athletes on my phone, hey, I just invested in this company, check them out. Oh, hey, what's your address? I'm going to send you a free thing. Yeah, They yeah. don't need a free ice cooling pack for their knee money-wise. Mm-hmm. But if that thing just came out and they have no access to it yet, or just they heard about it first, and then two years from now it gets big, and they think of me that it got, right? Right, right. So whenever I have an event... A charity event, even if I know they can't make it, I still send the invite. So if I know this NBA player is traveling, but I'm throwing a charity event or my birthday party September 1st, I'm still going to sit there and spend six hours straight texting hundreds of people that I know can't come. Hmm. Because the idea is, hey, I'm throwing my birthday party. If you can make it, if you're traveling. And I always say, if you're going to be in LA, blah, 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 blah. Right. Providing value to them to come to my birthday party that I'm, I don't want anything from them, right? Mm-hmm. So throwing the events giving them access to information, giving them access to deals or products or scenarios, just making them feel like I care. It's just so rare that I ask for anything. It's just so rare. Yeah. Adding value just on a massive scale. No. When I do ask for something, I'm very, very direct about it. Hmm. And it's not that they owe me anything. It's just a yes or no scenario. Yeah. Whenever I think that they should meet somebody that's beneficial to them, I'm really, really good about like, hey, I CC them on email or a group chat. Mm Mm-hmm. Hey, this person, you own a retail store chain and this guy wants to sell into your product. Or, hey, you need an investor. This is the guy that's got a company that they've already raised 500K. They need 100 more. I do that a lot for free, hmm. which has caused people to make a lot of money. Too many times I did it for free. Hundreds of times <laughs> people joke about it. Like they have formed companies together that have gone on to do tens of millions or hundreds of millions of dollars because of me saying, hey, Peter, meet Paul. Right. right. And I don't regret any of that. Hmm. Yeah. But that is exactly why you've been able to build what you've been able to build. Is And we, me, you and I were kind of talking about this off mic before we sat down, is that 
the reason that you have the network that you have is because of the things that you were doing, not like in spite of those things, right? right? So a lot of people get it the wrong way. They'll, like what we were talking about, low level, they'll print a business card and be like, I'm networking now, right? High level, they'll make this introduction, right? Peter, meet Paul. But then it'll be like, oh, in this contract now, make sure you cut me in on that deal because like I need to get paid because yes. I made the introduction. You guys wouldn't have any of this without me. So, you know, I better get paid on this. Yeah. On certain scenarios, I wish I did that. Hmm. On certain scenarios, you should do that. When it's a complete financial transaction, it's okay to ask for that. Hmm. When it's something that's going to take months or it's an evolving thing or you're not sure if it's going to close, it's much harder and it's much more awkward to try to be the middleman for that. Mm-hmm. But if it's like, hey, real estate agent's going to sell this house and hey, I have this millionaire that I know wants to buy that house. And mm, you want to, yeah, yeah. And they're you want to share in their six. Far more mission? transactional than relational in yes. that regard, yes. right? And if it's a, if it's like, hey, this guy likes to buy oil for this whatever he buys oil, mm-hmm. and you know some guy that sells oil, and that's just a straight up transactional thing. It's okay to ask for some percentage of that because it's a straight up cash right. thing. Mm-hmm. If you're setting people up to make a relationship, like, hey, music producer, meet this musician. Mm-hmm. And if in the future you, you ever you generate famous? any revenue, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. just not it. Yeah, <laughs> I've had people literally do that to me. They try to just they try to monetize a person, like yes. they have their Rolodex, and so because they have their Rolodex, they try to monetize every single. I've just told them, like, hey, bro, don't send any more people my way, right? Because like I'm not interested. Right. I'm not interested in having this IOU, this debt to you, right. Ryan, the rest of my life right. until I try to figure out a way to pay it back. Right. Like if you want to send some people my way, great. If not. Like if you're trying to always, you know, make me sign a, a verbal contract, yes. so to speak, right. you know, or they create a covert contract in their head that says that I need to be doing, you know, X, Y, and Z for you because you did this for me. Like, don't bother. Right. <laughs> don't, because I don't, I don't want to deal with it. Yeah. And then what it also does is it closes off their hand from being able to receive anything from me as well. Well, that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. You hear my guests and I talk a lot about masterminds on the show because they're literally what I attribute most of the new quality relationships in my life to. If this is something that you are interested in at all, then hit me up and let's chat to see if you'd be a good fit for my mastermind, Build Your Network Dynasty. Just head over to buildyournetwork.co slash dynasty to fill out an application and we'll talk soon. Have a fantastic rest of your day and remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.